undoing the harms of the past. N is for never going back to shaming people for their questions. We're not going to spell the whole word, I are we? is for there's no I in team. And M is for... It's, we'll, we'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. There's no M in postal service. <laughs> <laughs> The Unimposter Podcast. The podcast for people who can't spell good or do other things good. <laughs> uh, it started to panic. <laughs> All right, so like we're we're back. We like we we have intro music now. I'm oh no no not now I feel like I have to like well well Rob it's two dollars and ninety nine cents for that bar of soap that's how I won my car I'm gonna go one dollar <laughs> I'm gonna go ninety seven cents unfortunately unfortunately everyone listening to this is too young to get, catch that reference no idea what the Price is Right is or why it was so captive I I couldn't tell you why Price is Right was so captivating when I was a kid I couldn't. Actually, you know, I I can. It was the wheel. Whenever they would spin that wheel, mm-hmm. and then like it had like between like a penny, like you could win a penny or you could win a hundred dollars if it landed on a hundred. That I live for that wheel. Well, why wasn't Wheel of Fortune so fantastic then? Um, uh, because the the wheel was flat, mm. and you had to know things. You didn't have to know things on on prices right. All you had to do was like wave your like your chicken wing. Um, uh, no bingo wing. That's that's what they call it. I had a friend who used to call like the like the under part of your tricep the bingo wing because you know like when you go play bingo and you wave your bingo card in the air and it sort of flaps in the breeze. She called that the bingo wing. That reminds me of this thing I read in the Bible once. Bingo wings. Whatever we're talking about next. <laughs> bingo. Oh, Sodom being destroyed. That oh, definitely that's... reminds me of that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know why Sodom was destroyed? Because they played too much bingo. They were playing. They were telling jokes like that. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're not going to spend a lot of time on the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. When left, we left our intrepid heroes. <laughs> Abraham had just talked to God. God was about to go destroy Sodom. And he, he he decided, like, hey, I'm going to negotiate with God. And God said, okay. Okay, yeah, you find me find me those guys. Yeah. So now we're going to find those guys. All right, so we're finding those guys. And so and so the, the conversation's going to go to Lot now, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep, so Lot, remember way back in the day when Abraham and Lot split because they had too much stuff? Yeah, and the, their so, stuff was mixing, like their Legos. That's right. Yeah. So Lot went to go live by Sodom, and... We now pick up the story with two strangers, but there used to be three strangers, don't worry about it, (laughs) showing up in Sodom. And Lot says, hey, let me take care of you. Have some dinner, stay up at my place. Basically, he's doing the exact same thing Abraham just did the chapter before. Yep. And the point here is that both Abraham and Lot are super hospitable, which is like the best thing a human can possibly be in the ancient world. So these guys are great guys is the point we're getting at here. Yes. So... Lot takes them in, does basically everything Abraham did, where he takes care of them. He does all the good stuff. They say, hey, this good thing is going to happen to you, which in this case is you're not going to get killed with the rest of Sodom. Nice. They bargain with God. Lot also bargains with God, just like Abraham did. And then stuff happens. Long story short, Sodom is destroyed, in fact. Lot is not destroyed. Lot's wife is not happy about having to leave her clothes. She gets a little salty about it. And jeez. The end. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, before we move on, I actually have to tell you, I I sat in a uh, in, uh, a lecture given by a, an archaeologist once, 
who had just come back from a dig over in the Middle East, and she claimed that they had actually found the the, the former site of Sodom, the, the city of Sodom. And like she went on and she explained all of this like sciency stuff about how to prove that it was a city built on a city built on a city and like they found all of these other cities and I, I can't promise that I was paying attention the whole time because like I said it got sciency eyes glazed over yeah super hard but the thing that I was there for which she called us out for dude she actually said I know what you guys are all here for I was like is it destruction pictures? And she was like, it's destruction pictures. I was like, it's destruction pictures. <laughs> she showed us pictures of human bodies that had been blown into stone walls. And like the, all of the evidence that they'd gathered made it sound like they, they said like this resembles what happens when an asteroid. Here's my mic. Uh, this is what this is what happens when a, an asteroid comes in to the Earth and explodes right over the ground. Basically, the same effect as a low yield nuclear weapon to to like the point where it actually melts the sand into glass, just the way that the same way that nukes do. So in any case, dad it joke. existed. I need dad to get joke. my dad joke in now. Get it. So. In the Abraham story, remember, strangers, Abraham, Sarah, Sarah laughs at the promise. Yes. So the kid's going to be named Isaac, which means laughing. Yes. So next story, Lot does all the exact same things Abraham does, including when he gets to the part where, like, in the previous story, Sarah didn't believe the promise. He's telling his sons-in-law, or to-be sons-in-law, hey, Sodom's about to be destroyed. You should come with me and get out. And they think he is Isaacing. They think he's making them laugh, which is to say joking. And so they don't come along with him. <laughs> and so, like, at the part where Sarah, at the part of the parallel will, where Sarah gets yelled at for not believing in Isaac's name is going to be Isaac, which means laughter, Lot tells his sons-in-law, they think he's joking, which is the same, like, laugh word. And, oh, my goodness. Like, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> don't use your cousin's name in this house like that. I told you a million times. All right, so, like, that joke success. Nice. Ka-ching. So... Moving on, Sodom, you know, that, those two cities, gone, wiped out, destroyed, dogs blown into vases, apparently. That was one of the other things that, like, she had a picture of was, like, a, like, a dog carcass in a vase. It was, uh, oh, oh, and if you, like, stand too close to one of those events happening with the uh, asteroids uh, exploding over ground, it draws all of the minerals in your body outside, including the salt content of your body, turning you effectively into a pillar of salt. Oh. Yeah, so in any case. That is the sound of a microphone dropping. <laughs> yes. Anyway. I actually don't want to hear the sound of the microphone drop. People will crash. Not, not with a microphone, yeah. no. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to now summarize three chapters real fast to get us to the point of today's episode, which yeah. is murdering your children. <laughs> Damien's laughing, but I'm not kidding. Either about the summary real fast or about that being basically what today's about. Okay, so... I mean, this close to winter break. I know, right? <laughs> okay, so right after Sodom being destroyed, Abraham meets with um, Abimelech, who's a king. Don't worry about it. And again, claims his wife as his sister to, again, get out of trouble. And again, God shows up and is like, dude... Don't don't listen to this Abraham guy. He's completely unreliable. He's that is not his sister. It's his wife. Just don't do anything bad. And interestingly, Abimelech is actually like, I'd like because God comes to an comes to him. God comes to him in a dream and reveals all of this. 
And Abimelech starts protesting his innocence. He's like, I didn't touch her. I didn't know. I, I was doing everything by the book. As far as I knew, <laughs> that guy completely lied to me. And God's like, yeah, I know. That's why I came to you in a dream before you could do anything, because you haven't done anything wrong. Which is kind of a fun twist where God's chosen people are the people that are, you know, causing problems again. Yeah. again. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so what God says is, hey, Abraham, he's a prophet. He's going to be, do what a prophet does, which is intercede for, for the people with me. And when he prays for you, I'll accept his prayer and not hold you responsible for taking his wife because you didn't know anything. Right? <laughs> so it's, it's an interesting, like, Abraham's being the intercessor, but also God is making sure this works out a certain way because of him, like, really didn't do anything wrong. So this is an interesting situation. Moving on. Next chapter. I love this. I love verse one because it says, and then God dealt with Sarah like he said he was going to and did what he promised, which if you recall is giving her a child. So now we have Isaac. Isaac is born. It's super exciting. What happens? Sarah sees Ishmael somethinging, something that involves the word laughing with Isaac, possibly mocking. It's hard to tell. But anyway, and is like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. So turns to Abraham and is like, Hagar and Ishmael, send them into the desert to die. She I don't want to see them anymore. Pageant mama, oh man. yeah, she she's full cray cray. Anyway, Abraham is not so excited about this plan because after all, that's his firstborn son, Ishmael is. But God says, It's okay, don't don't panic. I'm gonna take care of Ishmael. So Abraham sends sends him off into the desert to die. You have this whole thing where Hagar is like, oh no, we're all going to die. Because basically she got sent off with a sandwich and a bottle of water. Like Mm -hmm. she had a wine skin or yeah, like a water skin. But yes, for two grown adults in the middle of the desert, that doesn't cut it. So she goes off to die. She begs God. God opens her eyes. She sees a well and they survive, which she starts calling God the God who hears, which is interesting because that's what the name Ishmael means. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so next story is what we're here for. God says, all right, Abraham, get up and go. And coincidentally, the exact same phrase used when he told him to get up and go leave his home and go to the promised land. Yes. He says, I'm going to go to a mountain or go to a mountain I'm going to show you, and I want you to murder your son. He doesn't say murder, but he does say kill. He does say sacrifice. He does say sacrifice. Yes. And this is his son, Isaac, you know, the one that God has already promised his descendants will come through. The one child he has been waiting over a hundred years to sire. Yes. And the like the the proof of God's goodness, the possibility of God's keeping his promise in the future, is the one he's supposed to go murder now. Yes. Because this whole thing makes sense, right? No, it doesn't. No. Yeah, and you know what? Okay, that so fr- remember how we keep saying oh sorry. Yeah, so I was just gonna say, like, so like I, I, I realize I have some some learning I have to unlearn from Sunday school, which is that like yeah. I'm totally okay with this story because I know how it ends. Okay. I'm totally okay with this story because a really nice old lady put these like these little figurines made out of felt onto a board made out of felt and they're all smiling. And so there's nothing bad that could happen to the smiling baby from the smiling man and even the smiling donkey when God says, Hey, go sacrifice him because I'm in Sunday school. And nothing I've ever experienced up to this point is that emotionally traumatic for my heart or my life. And so it's not possible for this to be one of those things where I, where like Absolutely bad things not. befall the child. Nothing's going wrong. Uh, but like, dude, 
It's it like like you were like try, trying to like like draw out the actual words here. God said you are going to take a living human child and do to it the thing that later he will have entire entire nations of people wiped out wiped for out doing. for doing that exact thing. Yeah. But, but yeah. And if you look later in the Bible which definitely by the time this is comp- like being finished editing, people had the books that we're talking about how bad child sacrifice is yes like it is one of those like it is one of those do not pass go do not collect a hundred dollars do not continue on your do not plan on your civilization continuing for much longer kind of sins if you start sacrificing your children god's about to show up and wipe you all out yes yeah serious thing but so it's so so then we have the question and like abraham says yes there is again if we had the actual recorded thing of everything Abraham ever said, the Bible would be impossibly Way too long. long. And so there's and no there's no recording of of any sort of like doubt that Abraham had or any sort of like second guessing, anything that Abraham had to say about saying like, well, maybe this or maybe that or maybe God has a plan or like, like you know, later on in the Bible, we, we, we read that Abraham believed God. And so we, you know, we also say, okay, we, he believed God here. The, the story intros, as it's, as it's told by Moses, as he writes this story down, that God is testing Abraham. But nowhere in here do you ever see God ever say, I'm testing you. But going back to our, like, how do you read these things? Like, come up with a summary, ask your questions, and look at context kind of thing. We're, so we're sort of doing the summary for you because we're summarizing a whole bunch of chapters real fast. Ideally, you'd be reading all these chapters and then thinking of the summary. But for the question part, if you read a story about God's chosen person being called by God to kill his child on a mountain as a sacrifice to God, and your first question is not, wait, what? And your second question is not, why? And your, and your third question is not, how is that possibly Okay. Like, if those three do not immediately jump out of your mouth, basically, you're not paying attention. Like, this is one of those, you should be asking questions. A good Christian does not say, yes, this sounds like a reasonable thing to do. I murdered my child just last week. Like, no, no, that is not how people, that is not how this works. Yeah. yeah and so, like I said, I, you know, the, the big fancy social media savvy word for it is deconstruction. But it's, it's actually the idea of taking away the, like, you know, like glossing over things and saying it's okay. Because I have, I've had actual, like, uh, uh, agnostics and atheists reference this story specifically and say, this exactly is why I cannot cotton to the idea of your God because of this exact thing right here. And me being so desperate to have them not be thrown off by that, I've made several very flimsy, lame excuses about about why this is. Um, but I, and you know, as I as I read this here, I, I have to actually say, like you know, when we when we talked last time, and I you know I said like you know, one of, one of the things that I've looked at in in God's character is that he you know, he uh, uh, doesn't change his mind or anything like that. Um, but as a as, as as Abraham takes Isaac up on the mountain and gets ready to sacrifice him, and the uh, the angel of the Lord or pre-incarnate Jesus or you know wh- however you d- describe that, the person who is there says, "Don't hurt the boy." And then there's a ram to you know to be the sacrifice, and then it says, "I'm actually going to grab this." Reading from chapter twenty-two, um, it's in chapter twenty-two and verse twelve. It says, "Do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him." 
Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son.